Hey there, Lisa Schwartz here. Welcome to my podcast, Teach and Talk with Lisa, where we are unpacking biblical principles with everyday words and applying them to our everyday lives. So we've been discussing in this entire series, worship. So I want to review kind of just a little bit for people who have just kind of tuned in. You are tuning in on the third episode, so we want you to go back and watch what is worship, and then we talked about what is the cost of worship. So a lot of good discussions that we've had so far already. So in a nutshell, what do you feel like are some of the takeaways from the first two episodes that you've gotten? Man, I I really enjoyed in particular the the last episode that what is the the cost of worship because we talked a lot about um, we talked a lot about your posture and the positions that you take and we you know you'll have to watch the last video to really understand this but you know the different seats that you sit in and where you get elevated to when you worship and I mean a lot of that stuff was so good yeah today we're gonna be talking about our pattern for worship now nice. in go. the first couple of um, uh, episodes we've talked a little bit about the tabernacle and how it was set up as a picture of the body and the soul and the spirit so I'm gonna spend a few minutes here just kind of doing a little bit of a teaching and then we're just gonna talk about the pattern and what we learn so what is the tabernacle so the tabernacle originally was um, set up while the Israelites were in the wilderness the pattern was actually given to Moses how to set up the tabernacle sometimes we hear it called the tent of meetings mm. Um, it was supposed to be a mobile place of worship. So in other words, it could, it could be packed up and moved. So when the presence of the Lord moved throughout the wilderness, they took the tabernacle with them. Yeah. When they set the tabernacle, tabernacle up, it was to be set up in the center of the camp. So the 12 tribes of Israel would encamp around the tabernacle. So already we're getting a picture of what was central to the nation of Israel. You've got to remember that they had spent hundreds of years in captivity in Egypt. Now they have been set free from captivity. They're on their way into the promised land. But in this interim, right, between the closed door and the open door, that's a message in and of itself, between the closed door and the open door, God was like, you have to cultivate a place where my presence can inhabit. Mm -hmm. So the purpose of the tabernacle was to create a, a place of habitation where the presence of the Lord would reside. Now, fun, just fun fact, mm-hmm. the tabernacle was approximately the size of about a half of a football field. Wow, that's pretty big. Yeah, was that bigger than you thought? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so just, just a wow. fun, just a fun uh, little nugget fact. Um, the tabernacle had three parts. Uh, it had the outer courts, the inner courts, and then the Holy of Holies, the most holy place. Mm. Um, and so God had it set up like that. Um, as a picture of, first of all, you and I as creatures, where we have the flesh, the outer court, the soul, which is the inner court, and the spirit, which is the most high place, mm. the place where the, our God-man resides. Mm. So we see this picture being set up already, this imagery But we also learn, if you read through the book of Exodus, it talks about all the components that were supposed to be in the tabernacle. Um, The the brazen laver or whatever it was, and and the the candles and the incense and the altar, all of these things, and, and I've done an intense study on the tabernacle before, 
every single one of them were positioned in just the right place to help them go through the process from the cleansing of the hands with the water to the incense that was being released, which is the praise, um, to the reflection that they would reflect on who they were. And then, of course, in the, the Holy of Holies was the altar mm. where the high priest would enter in and blood would be shed, which was a sacrifice, right? right? So we've talked about in episodes one and two that worship is really centered around the idea of sacrifice, right. mm-hmm. a bowing down, a surrendering, and an offering our lives as a living sacrifice. So the very center of the nation of Israel was the tabernacle, the habitation of God. And in the center of the tabernacle was sacrifice, Sacrifice, was an offering. Yeah, that's really cool. So we see this pattern already being set up uh, for us to take a look at what does it look like for me to move, for me to migrate in some regard through the tabernacle. Like if I'm visualizing it in my head, how am I moving past my flesh, through my soul, all the things that need to be reconciled in my soul. So if you take a look at the inner courts, uh, I I really want, I I will probably end up doing a YouTube series just on every single component of the tabernacle. Um, Every single thing in there represents a spot of repentance, a spot of praise, a spot of cleansing, a spot of healing, a spot of reflection. Mm -hmm. Whereas when we're entering into worship, God will, uh, will, by his spirit, will move us through that process to bring mm-hmm. us to a place where we're completely surrendered, yeah. which is that yeah. most high place. Yeah, that's really good. I, I'm almost picturing in my head like the, the ways that we still kind of model this in the church, you know. Yes. Um, like I think of the, of the Catholic Church, for example, the way they have Stations of the Cross. That's good. Right? For mm-hmm. like before Easter, yes. they set up. Yes. You're like, here's where, where Jesus mm-hmm. fell and we did the redemption thing and the forgiveness thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like a ritualistic way of just walking through these things. Right, right. Um, and, you know, now obviously we have, we have access to the Holy Spirit that does all that, walks through all that with us yes. but sometimes it's still good to yes. to have like this symbolic piece of it absolutely which you know stations of the cross is a great example well, of I mean, that, but... that's what we're doing with communion right it's yep, a remembrance absolutely. of christ the body and the blood of christ mm-hmm. yeah so I, I love that you've brought that up that the when when god is giving this to moses he says in exodus 25 8 and 9 then have them make a sanctuary for me mm-hmm. and i will dwell among them mm-hmm. look So uh, I don't want to go on a tangent here, but at the core of worship is God wants to dwell with us. He wants to cohabitate with us. Um, And of course, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but the the tabernacle and the temple is us now, right? At the very center, the most high place is the spirit man. And the ultimate sacrifice was Christ Jesus. But he says, make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. And that word pattern, you look like you're like, oh, is the idea of the likeness. And so I'm pointing out these passages. Again, it says in in Exodus 26, set up this tabernacle according to the pattern you were shown on the mountain. Mm. So the point is, is God gave the pattern of how to enter in to the presence of God. Yeah. He gave a very specific pattern. 
And while obviously we're New Testament believers, but I'm an Old Testament believer too. Like there were things that were set up in the Old Testament Mm -hmm. that we learn from. Um, And God was showing, was giving them the pattern of how to enter in to the presence of God. That's so good. That's really good. So we're talking about the three parts, the outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holies in connection Mm -hmm. with the body, the flesh, the soul. When we say the soul, and we say this all the time, Mm -hmm. the mind, the will, the emotions, it's the thinker, the feeler, and the picker. Picker. The things that I think, the things that I feel, and the things that I choose. Your mind, your will, and your emotion. And most of the time, we've we've talked a little bit about the distractions that we get in worship, right? Well, when we're, so let's, let's, Let's propose like that's the the situation when we're talking about Luke 14 and they're watching the the woman pour out the <laughs> yeah, pure nard yeah. of oil. Or when we talked about how you there were there have been times in your life you've been that person or I've been that person. What we would say is you're standing in the outer court and you're watching all the people in the inner court potentially in the holy of holies, yeah, right? Right. So when you're in that spectating position. That's what the outer court was all about. Where they were kind of the people that weren't allowed in, which was a lot of times the women or the children. Yeah. <laughs> they were only they were only allowed in the outer court. They weren't allowed in the inner court. And of course only the high priest could go into the most high most high place, the right. holy of holies. Mm-hmm. So I felt like that was interesting to point out based on some of the episodes and some of the points that we've brought out is, are we moving past a spectator position yep. and really allowing the Lord to work some things out in our soul, which a lot of times that is the process of getting into worship, but it's not the final process. <laughs> You're like, woohoo. Yeah. And so um, when we're looking at that ability to go past the outer courts, get into the inner courts, you talked about the veil, mm-hmm. right? So um, there was a veil that separated the inner court from the most high place. Now. Mm-hmm. To connect with um, those of you who aren't super familiar with scripture or we know Jesus was the savior of the world. When Jesus was crucified and it talks about how the the temple was shaken and the veil was torn. Think about what was happening in that act. The veil from the top to the bottom was torn literally torn Mm -hmm. but it was a prophetic act that says anybody can come in now yep because before this only the high priest Mm -hmm. could enter into the holy of holies wow and i could be wrong on this but the holy of holies that's where the ark of the covenant was the ark of the covenant was yes the ark of the covenant which represent the presence of the lord right um was so it was where the lord resided in the Holy of Holies. So that's the goal, right? We want to get into, we want to enter into the presence of God. And the point here is, is not, not anybody could get in there. Right. In that, but nowadays anybody Mm -hmm. can get in there because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's right. And, and I think that, that piece you just said, the blood of Jesus Christ, that was the game changer, right? Because only a certain four people could carry the Ark of the Covenant. And, they, and even those four people weren't allowed to touch it. Correct. You know, if they touch it, they right. died. Absolutely. They had to carry it on those poles. Yep. And I'm picturing like Indiana Jones in my <laughs> head, right? Like the movie. Um, but, you know, when Jesus died on the cross and spilled the blood, he, it released the presence. I love and it that. tore the veil. And, 
And now everyone has access to the presence of God. And, and not only do we have access to it, but it can live inside you. Yes. And <laughs> right? you are now the Holy yes. of Holies. So this is huge. This is huge. And that's why I was like, I really want to go right to this yeah. pattern because I think this is the the possibilities. This is what God has made available mm -hmm. to everybody. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believeth upon him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. That's yep. what it's talking about. That Jesus tore this veil and said, look, anybody can enter in now. Anybody can enter in now. Yep. It's such a beautiful picture. The question is, are we taking full advantage of the ticket that we've been given? Hmm. What is the mo And so I often think to myself, like, how much time did I spend in my soul realm when I was having my quiet time with the Lord, wrestling with anger, wrestling with, because, and that's necessary, because remember, that was necessary for them to go through the inner courts right, right. to get, but did I ever get through that mm -hmm. and get to that place where it was like, Total worship. Yep. Mm. That's so good. I like to say to people, like, we don't know what we don't know. And if I think, if I if I dismiss the possibility that I could be going deeper, that there could be a quieter spot, that there could be a holier place for mm -hmm. me to enter into, and I think I've already accomplished that, and because I think I've already accomplished it, I miss out on it. Yep. So we always want to be able to ask ourselves some of those hard questions. Yeah, and I think a lot of that is is you know I think of like a like a basketball player, football player, someone plays a you sport. You can tell Turner was an athlete. Yeah, <laughs> that you know if if you there's you can always be better at something. That's right? good. Like you can always there's always something you can work mm -hmm. on, and you've never even if you take the best basketball player in the world can improve on something, can go deeper in something, can, mm -hmm. can go. And if they ever give up or or, or quit or, uh, okay, I'm good, I've made it, that's when we begin to fail. Mm -hmm. And um, and I feel like you're... And that defines your capacity, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're spot on uh, when you're talking about how deep we go in worship, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's like, are we selling ourselves short that's good. by by giving up right right when we're at the edge of going going to where God wants us to go in the holy holies and taking us and where he begins to download things into you that you don't even know is happening and you know when you get to that moment you get right on the edge and then you you, you okay I can't but I can't get past this anger that I feel or but I can't get this text message out of my head or whatever it's good keep that's it real like, dude, we're just like missing out on these opportunities mm -hmm. Um, to go deeper with Christ in our worship. And, and in some ways, it's a shame. It's like, man, you know, I, I think a lot, like, we're going to get to heaven one day, and God's going to be like, here's the storehouse of things I had for you, but you couldn't get over that stupid <laughs> text, message. text message, right? Or Facebook post. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like you're missing out on so much mm -hmm. when we're so hung up on this this junk mm -hmm. it's like doesn't even yeah. really matter like let's just get through this this anger and this offense and this hurt and even though those things are real like i think i said a few episodes ago right it's your responsibility yes. to get healing in those areas so i'm gonna get healing i'm gonna get healing and i'm i'm gonna get through it and now i'm here i'm in i'm in the holy of holies i'm, mm -hmm. I'm flowing i'm in the in the flow yes. and I love and that. Now we're working. You know, yeah. now now the Lord is is giving us things. And if you can live your life that way, 
like you got you like you're carrying yes. the holy of holies at all times that's when you begin to walk into a coffee shop and immediately have a word for this person over here it's when you start to operate out of that you don't ever come out of the holy of holies right exactly you just live in it mm, and, and so he good. lives in you so if if you can get to that point and just and just you know live in that your whole life like how different would our world be yeah it's you know, so if good christians live that way so good man it'd be powerful right Right. I was thinking about two, um, when you were talking earlier, two passages of scripture that popped up into my head. Um, Song of Songs, chapter two, it says, um, catch for you the little foxes that spoil your time in the vineyard. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So our time in the vineyard should be fruitful, should be abundant, um, should be beneficial, should be lovely. But he's saying, catch for you those little foxes, the little distractions, the little things. Foxes are very intentionally... Um, chosen in that passage because they are deceptive, they are sly, um, they, they are nocturnal, they Mm -hmm. hide in the dark, um, and they want to spoil your time in the vineyard. And that's those things when you're going into worship, when your emotions are continuing. And I'm not saying ignore those things. I'm saying deal with them and then move on. Yeah. But don't, yes. (laughs) I mean, don't sit there and wrestle with that emotion. Just say, look, anger, this is my time with God, and I'm going to work on you by choosing forgiveness, by choosing to extend forgiveness, by choosing to whatever it is, mm-hmm. and beginning to declare and decree those things. It's part of my book, Enforcing Prayer, is how do I know my truth, here's my reality, and how do I get from here to here? Mm-hmm. How do I allow the scriptures to really pull me from one place to another? Um, and when we're beginning to declare and what, declare what is true, despite what I feel, we feel our soul kind of jerking into the Holy of Holies, yeah. really. is when you're like, come on, because you are first and foremost a spirit being who has a soul. Yeah. When Paul, when David says, why are you so downcast on my soul? He's standing in the Holy of Holies. He's looking at his soul yeah. that's in the outer court and mm-hmm. in the inner court and going, hey, you need get to get in here. here. <laughs> it's a lot and better in That's here. right. And so in some regard, you're like, look, why are you so depressed? Yeah. You know, you don't you recall that the goodness of the Lord, I'm over here, I am filled with the joy of the Lord. So that whole book is all about the premise of taking the scriptures and declaring what is true into your own soul, speaking to yourself in the mirror and saying, Lisa, you are filled with the joy of the Lord. I speak to you depression and I tell you, you have to go in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So you're declaring what is true. So that was the first, that was, I do have the second verse. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go back to it. So. <laughs> The second one was in the very John 21, the last chapter in the book of John, when I think about, I just got hit with the spirit, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, when Jesus has done this reconciliation with Peter. You know, Peter has denied him three times. And mm-hmm. so what a beautiful mm-hmm. scene of God's grace. It's a beautiful scene of inner healing. This is yeah. what we do when we, when we practice inner healing, where we say, like, do you love me? Three times. In an actual setting, he puts him in a nostalgic setting of the times of when Peter denied him. And he gives Peter an opportunity to redeem the betrayal, the denial. And so he says, do you love me? Not once, not twice, but three times. Mm -hmm. Has this intimate moment. He says, look, at one point you girded yourself up where you wanted to go. In other words, you you tried to follow me out of your flesh. But there is one who is coming that will gird you up and will take you places that you do not want to go. I, I teach on that in mm. the greater works of the Holy Spirit. I mean, the Holy Spirit sometimes will drag your soul where your soul is too afraid to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. So they're having this intimate moment. 
I kind of have this picture of them like on the beach, kind of arm in arm walking. And Peter's in this intimate place. He is standing next in the presence of the Holy of Holies, the presence of, he is in it, all up in it. And Jesus is whispering sweet nothings in his ear, his passions, his purpose, his destiny. Mm -hmm. And the Bible says that Peter looks over his shoulder and sees John Mm -hmm. and goes, (laughs) Oh no. And says, but what about him? (laughs) And guys, come on, let's be honest with ourselves. Yep. We do that. We do. We do that in yep. life. We do that in worship where God's like, here I am in the Holy of Holies and I have things I want to say to you and things I want to work out and things I want to reveal to you mm-hmm. and destinies I want to stir up in you. And we're like, but look at the way they're, look at the word, but look at, yeah. but what about them? What about yep. this? It's not even just people. We bring in the, the circumstances of our life, but yeah. what about this? And and, and, and Jesus says, don't worry about him. I'll, I, I have a plan. I have a path for him. Yeah. Today, we're talking about you. Yep. Yep. That's so good. So Holy of Holies is almost that place where we get to just be self-centered. When I yep. say that, and I say that gently, okay, because I don't want to err to the side of, of spirit, the hyper-spirituality and all that stuff. But it's that place where we get to just focus on God and God focuses on me and I get to be reminded of who I am, mm-hmm. what I'm called for, who I'm designed to be, and I get to come up out of that place. And this is why I wanted to, our next episode is going to be in warfare because when I come up out of that place, I become more resilient and tenacious mm-hmm. for who I'm called to be. Right. Yep. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you obviously counsel every day. Um, and when I meet with people, I'm counseling people who are sitting there and and they're they're saying well then this person did this to me and then well this person when this person comes over to my house and they and i'm sitting with a student and they constantly want to talk about this person or this person this person and i'm always trying to bring it back to i don't i don't really care (laughs) like what about what about you because when we walk out of this breakfast or if we walk out of this coffee meeting you're going to be the one that walks out of here with healing. Like, not the Or person. not. Or not. Exactly. It, it has nothing to do with this other person we're talking about. It really has nothing to do with me either because I'm going to feel good. the same way I walked in as when I leave. It's you so know, it, it's, it's up to you how deep you want to go and yeah. how much healing you want to get. And, and how, like she used the word self-centered, and I, you know, I like that in this context is, how self-centered do you want to be? Like, do you really want healing? Well, let's let's go get it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, let's let's focus. Let's hone in on. You know, one of one of my verses that I love in the scripture. I, Brittany BP Daddy always makes fun of me because she's like, you are always like one of my favorite verses, and I'm like, I do. I love them all. They're yeah, all my favorite. They're all good. <laughs> but I love where it says the spirit of the Lord is is the lamp of the inmost being, and mm. it searches the inner the inner sanctuary. You know, that, so you get this picture of when I enter into, and all of that is included in that inner, inner, the inner courts, right? It's the, the bowl that has the water in it where they stop to reflect. Mm -hmm. Um, It's the, the the seven lights, the can't, the lampstand, which each one of those represents a different thing, right? So the point is, is there's, there's beauty there and saying, okay, this is my time to allow healing to saturate my soul so that 
I can tap into the Holy of Holies and come up out of here and walk in the Holy of Holies. Yeah. I want to be the Ark of the Covenant. I'm not yeah. looking for the Ark of the Covenant. I'm not looking for the Holy of Holies. We are it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's go. So that brings us to the temple. Okay. So in 1 Kings chapter 5, 2 Chronicles chapter 2, the temple was built. Um, and so it was supposed to be the permanent habitation. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't mobile. There was no need for it to be uh, mobile any longer because they had arrived into the promised mm-hmm. land. But the beauty and the majesty, the detail, the gold, the jewels, and again, like if you do a study on the tabernacle and the temple, it's fascinating. The color of threading is prophetic. Mm-hmm. The, the color of the fabric, the thickness of the fabric, the roping that they use. Every single part of the tabernacle and the temple carries a prophetic meaning. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't have time to go into all of that here and today. Even the colors, whether it was a, a purple linen or a red linen represent and it literally walks you through salvation it's fascinating so cool so fascinating but for the purpose here i i want us to kind of hone in on the beauty and the majesty as god was trying to um capture in a building the beauty of humans Hmm. because nowadays you and i we are the temple yeah Mm -hmm. and the in Intricacy, is that a word? Mm -hmm. Intricacy and delicacy and intentionality and the value and the worth as God was trying to capture the majestic value of you and I. Mm -hmm. I I just got the chills thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. And when uh, Dad and I went to Italy a couple years back, and oh my gosh, amazing churches there. And uh, there was one in Venice that we went to, and I remember standing in the incredible, like you don't see churches like that nowadays here in, in our culture. And I was overwhelmed to think, yet the, the, the awe that I have, the breathtaking response that I have in something that was built by human hands doesn't even begin to compare to the awe, <laughs> with the spirit, to the awe that God feels, sees when he looks at you and I. Mm, yep. So I, I, so all of this was a picture of ultimately there will be a final habitation. Mm-hmm. There will be a final dwelling place for my presence. And anybody can enter into it because I've entered into you. Mm-hmm. Through salvation, when Jesus enters into us, that gives us you know, Hebrews talks about with a confidence, I can enter into the Holy of Holies. I can enter into the most high place because the veil has been torn. Yes. So the ultimate question is, does our worship look like that? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think if we're being honest, 99% of the time, no. <laughs> You know, we have to be honest. Us, if we if we know. want to be if we want to be healed, you talked about being healed. The f- the first step to being healed is I have to be honest with yep. myself. Yep. <laughs> uh, and, and I even as I was kind of looking at some of these notes and kind of talking about what we wanted to talk about, I was like, man, this is convicting. Yeah. I think there's more worship, and I've entered into some pretty deep places. I've had some amazing mm-hmm. encounters, and what I feel like kind of almost. 
and again, I want to be careful because astral projection and all that stuff, where I felt like I was I was lifted up into the spirit and, and, and began to see things in the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And, and was able to see things from a third um, heaven's perspective while I was, for lack of a better term, under the power in the holy of holies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really feel like n- there's more. Oh, yeah. There's more. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so this wraps up this. Do you have anything final you want to say? You kind of like, whew. Yeah, this was really good. <laughs> I enjoyed learning, you know, about this stuff too. Yeah, so I-, I love the study of the tabernacle and the study of um, the temple mm-hmm. um, because it really is, it's not just a pattern of who we are, but it gives the pattern of how to enter in. Mm-hmm. It gives the pattern of entering in. I know it was a little bit, I don't want to say deeper. It wasn't that deep, but it was a little bit of it. We the teaching because I want you to have that visual of when we're worshiping. What? Where did worship start? Like yeah. how? Why did God? And is there a pattern of worship? And so when I mean, I know I was gonna end, but I want to say this: like when we're entering in, and I see a lot of worship leaders who get it. You can see kind of this pattern in the in the song choices. And I'm yeah. curious to know as a worship leader if you're intentional to pick your song choices where you kind of start. And the celebratory outer courts, and then you kind of move into that state of reverence into the most high place. Oh yeah, for sure. I think that you know any worship leader who's worth their salt, <laughs> I think, does that. You know. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, they start off with the, you know, something a little more upbeat, like hey, you know, start to something a little more welcoming to you for people who may feel uncomfortable, or uh, but by time like we're getting down to it. You know, sometimes you have to be really careful in a church service as opposed to like a worship night, right? Right. A worship night, like you know, everyone there that's at the worship night is there to worship, right? But we're already in the inner court. Yeah, (laughs) but not everybody that goes to church is there to worship. Like Mm -hmm. it's just on being honest, right? Like some people go out of duty, some people go because their family goes, some people go for the kids' ministry, some. You know, there's a bunch of people there for a bunch of different reasons. Mm-hmm. So, um, you, you know, I think with church, you got to be, a, you know, just more wise about what you're doing. Um, but on a worship night, I, that worship leader better know what they're doing because I'm ready to go in. You yes. Know? So. Yeah, and there's nothing more uh, frustrating than when you're just entering and you start to feel everything around you. And you're like, okay, I feel like I have finally gotten focused and I'm starting to get into that nothing spot mm-hmm. where I'm kind of just really where it's just like I've kind of lost a sense of time I've lost a sense of who's on my right and on my left and then it's like all of a sudden the wrong song or <laughs> yeah the wrong yeah. moment enters and you're like and you're kind of jolted out of that place yeah. um and, and again for more of that like I talk a lo- about about that a little bit in my uh series on the glory versus the anointing and talking about when we start honing in on the presence of the Lord, that it releases the anointing versus sometimes we try and use the anointing to cultivate the presence of the mm-hmm. Lord. Um, and so when you start to feel kind of that uh, the anointing of his presence beginning to manifest and you're entering into this nothing place where nothing hurts. Yeah. You know, such a delicate moment. Yeah. Such a delicate it's moment. It's like being in heaven. Amen. Heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. Amen. Okay. Did you like this? Yeah. Awesome. Okay, you guys. So this wraps up today's episode. The very next episode, we're literally going to push stop and start, and we're going to talk to you about worship as warfare. All right. But until then, remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. 
You can also find me on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or you can check out my other podcast show, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For general information or resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. Thanks for listening.